February 25th, 1987, the book Communion, A True Story hit the bookshelves and by the end of one week rocketed to a spot on the national bestsellers list. The narrative that the author laid out was of a terrifying experience in encountering beings that were not of this earth. These visitors, whose descriptions resonated with others who had similar experiences, performed nightmarish examinations on the unsuspecting author and left him with what he claims was a fragmented memory and debilitating maladies immediately following his encounter. He would publicly acknowledge his experience and attest to its veracity as he seemed to pass three separate lie detector tests administered on different occasions. His book, whose cover features the bone-chilling portrait of what many people would identify as a gray alien, would go on to become a permanent fixture in the field of UFO abductions. This case file join the theorists as they hold on to their butts and get it in the rear with the alien gear with Whitley Strieber's Abduction Experience. Welcome to Alien Theorists Theorizing, Case File 205, Whitley Strieber's Space Erotica. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And that's Pouty Andrew. Um, what? <laughs> What's happening? Sorry? What's, uh, we're uh, recording a <laughs> podcast on our regular scheduled Monday night. Oh, well, I'm not watching football. <laughs> so of course not. No, that football, that. that jersey doesn't scream it at all. The second screen over no, to your listen, left. G- games shut off. It's over. No fucking, don't read anything out. None of the comments, nothing. You got to record. You gotta I know rec- we're losing. I don't care. It is what it is. I'm Lions fan. I'm used to it, but just don't read any of the comments. Let me be sad afterwards. Don't spoil my sadness. Okay. That's now, fair. just a quick heads up. We're going to be, you know, trigger warning, fair warning. Um, we're going to be talking about some alien rape. At some point. Pretty much. And cock. <laughs> There's going to be cock talk. So trigger warning. And Whitley Strieber's cock specifically. So just trigger. I'm just letting everyone. said that word way too many times for one podcast. I know. I'm just triggered. Just I'm just letting much. everyone know if there's a trigger. Half the people turned it gonna off. We're going to be talking about it. Half people already turned it off. So perfect. <laughs> All <God>. right. <laughs> but before we get into this. I just wanted to make sure if you're listening to this, you haven't been to our YouTube channel, search Alien Theorist Theorizing. We've got tons of YouTube videos. You basically get a couple free live streams on there. Uh, me and Zell doing a UFO review. New UFO videos daily. Go ch- check it out. Alien Theorist Theorizing on YouTube. Why not? Why not? You're on YouTube all the time. Anyway, I'm down the rabbit hole. Just Yeah. Boom. Click on us. Click on us. Easy. Yeah, short up those algorithms and yeah. I can get down that and drive the hole. And all, all you get is UFO videos and mm-hmm. hopefully that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about Whitley Streber. This Fa- guy is... Famous uh, abduction case or story. The man, the myth, or legend. Book. Right, you want to author call it. of Communion. Did you guys, anyone see that movie with Christopher Walken? No. 
I didn't watch it. No, I didn't. Are you sure, Christopher Walken? I'm pretty sure it's, pretty sure it's David see, Bowie. You know what movie I did see? The what? Hunger, also pretty, written by Whitley Strieber. Pretty sure it's David Bowie. Is it David Bowie? No, that's The Hunger. No, it's. I'm making a joke because Christopher Walken wears a ridiculous amount of makeup. Uh, it's ridiculous in that fucking movie. It's I hilarious. Get you. Oh, David Bowie's I in two get Whitley Strieber movies. <laughs> no, I did not watch it, but should I put it on the list? <laughs> Or no. That's what I did for research. I thought this is what we we're supposed to do. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I read I read some right. of the chapters of the book, and that's <laughs> the ones Dan recommended. Books are for nerds. I, I wonder why. It, it's it's definitely Yeah, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> it's not the best movie. I haven't seen it in years. Uh, I remember I watched it. I I considered myself somewhat of a film buff when I was like in high school. So I would watch every fucking movie imaginable, and that was one of the ones, and it always stuck with me. Uh, not for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> not for good reasons. <laughs> what reasons? Bad reasons? Bad reasons? <laughs> well, Christopher Walken's performance really stuck out to me. As a, as a poor... He's always stuck with it. A poor Walken? Yeah, he's just... Well, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Okay. You do. That's so, one of the few few perfect impressions you do do. I do, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get into it. Keys File 205, Whitley Strieber. Why are we talking about this guy? Well, Whitley Strieber is author of the seminal novel, uh, Communion, A True Story, like you mentioned. Uh, This book is probably uh, one of the, if not the most influential books uh, within UFO culture. I mean, I was aware of it. I know it. Um, Most people, if, if you look up the book, if you type in Communion, A True Story, and that the cover, the original cover art of that book doesn't spring to your mind. Like you didn't see it. Everyone's seen it. it, it it's, it's, it's very well known for having the, the cover art is of your very, it is the, the archetypal representation of a gray alien. Like if you look at it, like that's what people see. Yeah. Um, this, this, and, I mean the gray alien on this cover has been on the beaches of uh, Honolulu <laughs> and it's been bronzing up. Uh, but yes, it is in fact a gray. We we should call it a tan. It's a tan, <laughs> a, a small tan. Previously, previous to writing uh, a communion, like Whitley Street, Whitley Strieber was known to be a somewhat successful science fiction and fantasy writer. He wrote at least uh, two books that became movies. Like he he wrote Wolfen, I think that's also a movie, and then he wrote The Hunger, the original book, which got adapted into a movie. If you haven't seen The Hunger, that is a rad movie kind of it's got david bowie and uh susan sarandon and so it's a pretty interesting movie <laughs> a couple bonus points it's well right known there. for for it's it slots right in with whitley streber erotica it's a lot of vampire <laughs> eroticism so <laughs> if you're in, if you're into that you read these yeah. two books back to back you're covered uh, if you thought twi- if you thought twilight was hot if Rizal is just normal eroticism is what you're saying just, yeah. Yeah. just the regular just watches the regular kind just regular pino yep no big deal. So uh, communion is the story that Whitley Schreiber uh, puts forth about his experience with an abduction. Now, to his credit, he doesn't really refer to the abduction, uh, the abductors as extraterrestrials. He kind of always he makes a point to just name them visitors. The visit, uh, he doesn't visitors. necessarily point out that these are extraterrestrials. And I don't think in any part of the story, the original parts, does he ever 
really remember them saying like they're from somewhere else or they represent themselves. He he always has the view that they're they're there. They're possibly extraterrestrials. So we can talk about his entire experience. Like <laughs> he says visitors, but he also directed the person who made the cover art. This is true. And I mean, the cover art paints quite the fucking picture. I'd be like, I would be like, well, that's that looks like an alien to me, dude. It's a, it's an <laughs> exact gray alien. <laughs> that must be a visitor. <laughs> so on December 26, 1985, Whitley Strieber and his family uh, comprised. Uh, compiled of his wife and his young son were at their vacation log cabin in a secluded corner of upstate New York. Now we're going to go through the original account. We'll go through the original recount of the experience as Whitley Streeper remembered it when he was recording it in his journal prior to the regression hypnosis uh, sessions that he uh, participated in later. So prior to that his original recounting of the story in the middle of the night he woke up uh, on the night of december 26 and he wasn't sure what time it was but he found himself awake he remembers some type of peculiar whooshing or a swirling noise that seemed to be coming from downstairs in the living room he washing kind of machine. Maybe washing <laughs> <machine>. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts to settle back, not really knowing what the sound was and not feeling any uh, compelling. <laughs> he doesn't feel, really feel compelled to go examine or investigate what the noise is. He kind of settles back into bed. Honestly, that it's because like that's believable. Like what? I would I also would not go and investigate. I'd be like, I'm not doing it. Are you going to hide under your covers? Well, yes. Yeah. Your fucking wife and your kids there. I think and, you forget um, that I have neither of those things. Yeah, but that's but you're gonna put yourself in that situation. Well he yeah. he like he says though like for some reason he like checked all the rooms and closets and under the bed he had an alarm system put in. So when he heard this downstairs, he he said he had like a little like a control panel beside his bed and what shows like all the green lights, like nothing's been tricked. So he's like, right. oh, we heard- he did all that stuff before going to bed. Yeah. Like that was a, the nightly routine kind of. Yeah. So if he's so he's parano- paranoid enough to get an alarm system to check everything before he goes to bed. And then he hears something downstairs and he's like, eh. yeah, like, and I later don't he would this. explain this at. He would explain this reaction as something that was out of the ordinary. Since you guys already commented on it, it's like this is something that he would go on to later say that his reactions in this his kind of unusual reaction to this sound lent speaks to its credibility. That's what he feels is that, that he wouldn't, a normal person wouldn't act like this. A normal person would have went down and and checked that out, but because he felt he didn't feel the need to go down there. He feels like that is part of the abduction. Or or he he was fucking dreaming. (laughs) Oh shit. Hold on a second. Hold on. Cue the sirens. Is this dream police? Well, like, think about it. You're gonna get the dream police. You wake up up in a dream. You're dreaming. You're not gonna be compelled to get up and get out of bed. I'd be like, fucking. Are you telling me if Whitley Strieber called into Cosmic Channels, we'd hang him, hang up on him? I'm a bull. I'm a bull Strieber. Okay, so I believe him. All right, all right. A bull Strieber. I'm a bull Strieber. Okay, bull Strieber. He wakes up. The sirens are going. Is what you're saying? Possibly. 
Possibly. So okay. there's definitely a, there's a, an APB out for Whitley Schieber. Okay. For the Gene Police. Um, now, at this point, when he settles back in, he notices that one of the double doors leading into his bedroom is moving closed. Now, he remembers this, remembers noting this because of the way that the doors, like how they, like how they are function like in relation to the room because that would mean that they would be opening open and closed right well it's like the way that they were if it were moving closed then it would how they function (laughs) yeah they open they fucking close well in relation to the door whether they open out or they open in these particular doors they do open but they also close they close they open and close but no he did say like they indubitably he said the way Mm. they open like i think he said they opened outwards and it seemed right. like something was like pulling them outwards, like it was opening, like someone was pulling the doors, like so they're double doors, like a French style door, double swing doors pulling outwards. And, and then, then as soon as he sees it close, this is when he says his first visitor arrived. This was uh, what he described as a a f- small compact figure, roughly three three and a half feet tall, had a smooth rounded hat on. Uh, with a sharp rim that jutted out about four inches on the side. Like a bowler hat? Like, That's I'm what I thought. Like, like Kung Lao. From, or no, I'm the Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Yeah, Kung Lao. Yeah. Great Kung Lao. Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to say Lou Bega, and I'm like, this Ooh. is all coming around. Could also be Lou Bega. He is the hat man. He said it. So he, this guy that shortens, is canon. He's short and stocky? Yeah. Are we sure it's not Dan? No, Dan only wears a cap. A baseball yeah, cap. Yeah, it would. It's, it's all around the sides. If I had a Kung Lao hat, I probably would wear it. I mean, we don't know that you don't. I, I wish I owned one. He, he puts it on immediately <laughs> after recording the case file. He switches hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with this, uh, he describes the face of this. What he noticed about the face, and he saw pretty much just two dark holes for eyes and just a black downturning line of the mouth, which would just become like an O. And I think he remembers it describing it and seeing like it's an almost o. like a mask. Well, it's almost like a mask, like this. Oh, like scream mask. Well, that'd be creepy. <laughs> uh, and then, so from shoulder to midriff, he said that there seemed to be some type of square plate with concentric circles etched into it. Mm-hmm. And then beneath that, there was some type of what he described as a rectangular appliance of some type. Yeah. He also, like, he, he kind of referenced that, like, the plate, like a breast, but he almost said it was like an armor. He almost described it like armor. an armor. That's what we're saying, armor. Yeah. Like a little breastplate. Yeah. Well, he he refers to it as armor, and then in the same sentence is like like coveralls, and I'm like, well, that's not armor. Sounds that's like mechan- sand armor. That's that's a mechanic. Oh, oh, you know what? That is sand armor. You're that's right. Sand armor. That's a good point. I never thought about that, but now that I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that's what he was describing. And that might fit. It might be. It might just be Krillin with a hat on because this <laughs> creature moved quite fast, and he remembers it rushing into the room, moving quite quickly. And then his next conscious memory is of being in motion, moving. So he's and he sees this thing and it just it sees him and it just comes running at him into the right. I imagine like like, you know just like just running right up on him. Wait, did did the little dude's (laughs) naked? No, Whitley (laughs) Strieber's. Oh, okay. I thought he'd like just shedded his fucking Saiyan armor and sprinted no. at him naked so like, moving Whit- around really quick. I, this is how I like to picture it. Whitley Strieber sitting there 
he's wearing full pajamas. I'm talking slip-on slippers, <laughs> matching PJs, full top, robe, and one Satin. of those like long slumber caps. You know what like I mean? Sleepy Gary. Yeah, right? And then he's like, he sees this thing come in and he's like, well, that's interesting. And it speeds up. Next thing you know, he's just he's just floating and he's butt-ass naked. All his, all his pajamas that he was just wearing, seemingly gone. <laughs> and that's what he remembers. That's what his initial memory is. Him, the next, you know, the next memory is of him just completely naked with no physical sensation of all. It was like he was just floating. And then, and then after that, he kind of, uh, he says he remembers sitting in a small sort of depression, like a crater of some type or something, like a small depression in the ground or like a bowl out in the woods. Just like a little, like a, a ditch in the woods he's there or like yeah, a little hollow ditch naked. sometime i wonder you think maybe this little guy with the fucking bowler hat was a, a regaroo and he came and bit him and turned him into a regaroo and then he woke up naked in the fucking forest you mean a rugaroo or a rugaroo <laughs> maybe and so he noticed another small individual sitting to the left of this depression so outside of it uh, a bit and he remembers now at this point he couldn't move his head or his hands or any part of his body except his eyes so you're it's it fits in with most of uh you know experiences that other abductees have, have rec, you know had recollection of so they hit him with some type of paralytic then yeah so he's completely paralyzed except his eyeballs yeah. Right. Or some type of psychic, you know psychic restraint or some type or something Which like is that interesting because like when we use paralytics they usually like they they paralyze everything, so you wouldn't be able to breathe anything. So it's yeah, interesting what type of fucking. Like, this is right? some Professor X shit, like Professor X level. Wait, like they, some psychic. Andrew, block. when you use that stuff, you can't breathe. Yeah, like that's why when we when we sedate people and we we use a paralytic, we have to breathe for them. Oh, okay. So they have more advanced medicine, or as Braden said, it's some type of like psychic ability, like they're paralyzing them with their mind. Yeah. Or some other technology we don't well, know. Well, as we're going to find out later, I believe the psychic part, the psychic paralysis to be more of a leading theory. Right. So now there's not only one figure, but two figures. The one that the original one, the small one with the, the breastplate armor that he had initially seen is now gone, absent from view. And now he has the two figures sitting next to him. He noticed the first one. Uh, on his, you know, sitting on the left, which gave, he said he gave out the distinct impression or he had a feeling that it was a female of some type of, some type of female. Ooh, with a lady. In, and yeah. his initial, when he was writing in his journal, trying to remember what happened when the memory started coming, uh, surfacing at some point. This is when the music hits. <laughs> and then he also noticed that there's another figure on the right side. And this one- It's had, another lady. This one was, well, he wasn't really sure because this one was nearly invisible or that's how he remembers it. That this one, he couldn't really make out exactly what he was, but he knew that it seemed to be working on something very quickly with its hands or manipulating something on the side of his head, on that side of his body. The next thing after that is he remembers being in a type of what he described messy round room. This is I, messy. I, I don't know how you find like if, if it were on a spaceship. I don't know how you would define like a messy room on a spaceship or something like that. Well, I, this, think I, <laughs> I would be screaming. This isn't sterile. The description of this, like 
when I first read this and I was looking into it, it, it really reminded me if if anyone's had a concussion or a good conky before a bell rung, you get this peer, you get these these situations where it's like you were just you just it, you seemingly pop into another spot. And I, to give an example, I, you know I used to play contact sports, so it, uh, I, I would get hit in lacrosse, and you and get ACL your bell would rung, explode. and then you would. I would be, I get hit on the floor and all of a sudden I would be like, I'd be on the bench and I have no <laughs> recollection of running to the bench and I'm like totally calm. I'm just kind of confused. I'm just like, well, this is strange. How long have I been here? And then I'd be like, just as I'm like, hmm, this is quite interesting. Maybe a little cause for concern. Boom. I'm in the dressing room. It's like between periods and I'm like, hmm, something is amiss here. I know it. <laughs> I'm but I, I don't even have really time to, I'm just, I'm still confused. I'm trying to figure things out. So I'm just looking around. And I'm like, well, I definitely walked here. Like what the hell is going on? Saying and you're it's abducted like, by aliens, like just while you're say. playing the cross. Yeah. Time. So then boom. Time loss. Next thing you know, I'm in the shower. <laughs> right. And, and then you're just kind of like, oh. And then Whitley well, Strieber's there. Yeah. yeah, yeah you have a distinct memory of some small yeah. Kung Lao looking figure with... <laughs> Yeah, sprinting at you naked. I'm like, who are you? But just that description of his, like how he like is just seemingly transported his memory, just like boom, boom. It reminded me a lot of that like concussion symptoms, like of when you first get your bell rung. Well, yeah. Have you ever been sedated before? No. Well, I mean that's, that's the same type of thing. It's like the lights go out, and then when they come back on, you're completely you're somewhere else and you're startled. You have no idea. I've been like put under with anesthesia. Yeah, like so you've been yeah. you've been put under, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah same so, thing. Like when you when you woke up from being sedated, it's the same fucking thing where you're like, what the fuck? Well, I see the thing with this the anesthesia that's different than the like concussion thing for me is like when you come out of anesthesia, I don't quite remember having conscious thought right away. It's like you're so groggy, you're like, where am I? What's going on? Whereas like with a concussion, it was still me, and I'm just like, hmm. hmm. Mm. I remember peculiar. <laughs> when I, last time I was, I got put under to get my shoulder put back together and I fucking sprung out of bed being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I look beside me and there's this chick that I went to high school with that just got fucking her boobs done. <laughs> She's like, oh, hey. I'm like, whoa, like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I got my boobs done and like pulled her fucking thing down. I'm like, okay. Hey, maybe I imagined that. I don't <laughs> You know. don't even remember. <laughs> like, Dude, no, it was, it was surreal. Like, and I haven't seen her since. I, I've always wanted to be like, hey, did that happen? Did you like, did you actually get your boobs done? Or? Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. It's bizarre. So he so he wakes Whit up in Whitley a mess. Whitley would attribute this later to just like these are the memories coming in bursts, like short bursts, like when he started recovering his memories from this experience. And so uh, when he kind of picks up details, he, he kind of picks out the details of uh, the room that he has been transported to this messy room he does remember messy. that it it was a circular chamber of some type it had a dome on it um and i think what led him to define it as messy or to identify as messy is that he remembers there being some type of clothing or what he what he believed was clothing or it looked to him to be some type of garment was thrown on the floor whether it belonged to him or these visitors uh he's not quite sure at this point now, there are more figures in this one. Now, these are tiny, smaller figures. We're now moving around him at what he just said was great speed. So they're moving with some type of urgency around him, doing something. And 
then the next memory is of him seated on a bench leaning against a wall and he remembers the colors of tan and gray of this thing and then it jumps forward a little bit further the next memory that he has is that he's remembered being shown some some type of tiny gray box that had a sliding lid and then this next memory is that he has a tiny squat person tiny little person uh crouching um as if huddled over something and he has been given the box and he slides it open revealing an extremely shiny hair thin needle on a black surface so these little these little alien little aliens little gnomes pretty much little jawas or something yeah. like <laughs> they give him a box they allow him to slide it open and there is a needle inside right and he i mean honestly like listen listening i i don't understand the purpose of this <laughs> like i'm like what would you logically do like i'm trying to think in in my head when i got this where i'm like okay you open this and there's like a tiny needle and you're like, is this a gift? Is no, you're gonna grab. You're gonna grab the closest little prick next to you and put yeah. it up to his fucking neck. And be like, yeah. All right, yeah. little shits. Yeah, give me well, my clothes. And it would probably home. help uh, in your reaction, or you know, trying to contextualize it, being that he suddenly became aware, or he was told, and this is what his general impression was that this tiny needle was to be inserted directly into his brain. Oh, uh, no thanks. Why? Why give it to him? <laughs> well, you want to, you want him to you'd see it. You're like, hey. He's got to put it like, in his own brain? We're going to yeah, put this he gonna in do? your brain. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let, let me just help you here. He starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right here, um, right here. It's, it's actually like, it's excellent because like, this is like pure B horror movie because at this point, as soon as he gets his message, he starts just <laughs> uncontrollably wailing and screaming ah! Ah! <laughs> and uh like you would and his reasoning was is because it's not because he was terrified of like he's become aware like these things are testing he's on an alien spaceship it's because he was worried that this needle was going to ruin a great mind that was his own my, my mind is so good it's the best my mind, mind. is so good like uh, yeah how could i you're gonna ruin my great mind it's such a good mind <laughs> so yeah he starts screaming whether he, at this point he's not really sure if it's it's a psychic scream that he's just screaming inside of his head or he audibly begins screaming but the visitors are obviously aware of it because they ask him uh, they pose him the question how can we stop you screaming don't put that fucking needle in my head <laughs> he's like, well, well since you're asking <laughs> and he box. responds with he responds with you can let me smell you so, <laughs> now, are they asking him? Are they asking him telepathically? Or are they speaking English to him? He's not sure at this point. He's just not like sure he, he, whether they're. He just has the distinct impression that they are asking him of him whether it's straight directly <laughs> into his mind or, um, you know, orally or whatever that audibly like telling him like how can we stop you screaming? So, and his response, uh, he said rather quickly, is you can let me smell you. Ah, no. I'm calling into question this whole great mind thing. <laughs> the fuck well, is that going to solve? Let me smell you. Well, okay. Uh, how I about you sedate me at least? But like, Jesus. His, his explanation from what like interviews I've heard with him is that he was already not believing his eyes, like what his eye, like what he was seeing. 
and he was not believing his ears, like what he was hearing. Like, so he was just like, he his weird logic was, well, let me sniff your fingers, and then I'll <laughs> sniff your fingers. <laughs> We're talking about 13 year olds here. Like, what the? Fuck? Oh my fingers. We those fingers. And he's right. like, he re- that's his reasoning is that I can't, right now, I don't know if I'm dreaming or not. I, I don't know what's going on. My, my eyes could be lying to me, but smell, as most of us are aware, is one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest senses linked to memory. So he's thinking that if he smells this, he'll be able to remember it later at least or something, you know, it'll trigger a memory or something like that. So he wants to be able to, to smell this. That's his, that is his unconscious or just his really reactionary reasoning to why he says, you can let me smell you. That was, yeah. that's what he says. And so the visitor obliges and he, and he just gives a little shrug and he's like, all right, all right. Uh, that's pretty fucking weird, but okay. And rubs just, his two yeah. fingers under his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Willie Streber gives a, <laughs> And apparently uh, these visitors uh, smell like original. His initial impression is that they smell like cardboard and cinnamon. Those are the two scents that that stood out to him the most. And a box of cinnamon cinnamon. toast crunch. Yeah. This is a box of cinnamon toast crunch. (laughs) You just rub the box. You know what? That would be quite reassuring. But you can't keep the prize. But (laughs) as soon as that's done, as soon as the smelling's over, boom, quick, quick, Bing bang, and he said he felt something a, str- a sharp sensation in the back of his head, and the procedure. So they went because one of them snuck behind him. They went through the back of the head. They went through occipital yep. lobe. Just re- bang in the back of the head. That's what he said. Why? That's what he. That's what he felt. Occipital lobe is in the back of the head, Andrew. Yes, sir. Is that above the medulla oblongata? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and they the medulla uh, is going to be at like the base, that's the stem, of, right? Almost at the stem. Yeah. Yeah. So they shove this needle through the back of his head in order to get whatever they need, whatever they need, and it's over in a, a flash. Like they boom in out done. Yeah. Did he turn into a babbling maniac, and his, was his mind ruined? Well, that's why. That's we all know this because that's what makes alligators so angry. We learned that in fucking water. They got boys. all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> After the procedure is done, it's done and he doesn't feel like too much. He's still, there's still a bit more to the experience. So he said that he remembers it being able to observe some type of operating theater. So and then just to break this down, like my understanding of this is like, you know, there's the, the, the table, you know, the, you see the gallery up above with the people watching, you know, like a some guys eating junior mints. Yeah, just sitting there <laughs> popping them like <laughs> junior mints. Quite interesting. And it's delicious. And when he is in this operating theater, he's introduced in this operating theater. Streber says that he realizes that t- that there is a distinction between figures in the entire experience that he had. So not only are there's there's the figures that he's seen that have the the very very archetypal gray. They have the the, the slanted black eyes. But then there's also ones that are a little bit seem to be a little bit shorter, a little bit different in form, um, and their eyes seem to be more round than the ones with the slanted ones. But they still kind of uh, are still look similar to each other. And then at this point. You well, have like is, four figures that have 
been witness total is what he remembers. Well, and this four is different for different four different ones. Yeah. And this yeah. is interesting because, you know, it, we might be able to take from this that this is maybe two potential alien civilizations working together on some sort of research project. It seemed like it was kind of like a class system though, right? Because there was certain ones that were working on him, like scientifically, they were handling all the tools. And then there was different ones that were used to go and like pick him up and carry him into the fucking ship, right? Like, and he had yeah. different names for them. Yeah, for- so yeah, if you go back, like we can, we can count them off really. You have the first one that he encountered, the small robotic figure that had entered his room initially. Then you had the stocky figures, the ones that had come out. And these ones had been uh, suited up in blue overalls uh, is what he you know what he saw <laughs> and or sane armor and these ones seem these ones seem to have he remembers them having a uh, pug noses <laughs> crushed yeah. in human like mouths yeah how did he know they had human like mouths what's his reference for that i mean people mouths like they're not yeah. like little insect right. bits or whatever all right yeah <laughs> um and these ones like andrew said these ones seem to each each uh, each figure seemed to be responsible for some part of the process of this thing. So these ones with the pug noses seem to be responsible from uh, for moving Streber from place and to place. These were the sh- these were the short stocky ones. These were the short stocky ones. Yeah. Were they were they singing at all while they were carrying them? <laughs> was was one of them grumpy and the other one sneezing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dwarfs. I, I don't re- yeah there's no they're wearing there's little no coveralls and shit it's perfect I, I mean it adds up <laughs> I hope that or Oompa I Loompas <laughs> yeah exactly then you yeah. have the slender tall black slanted eyed ones which are the ones that you the, on the cover of the communion book and which you would very much identify as a gray mm-hmm. and then you have the smaller figures that were in the operating theater that had the similar shaped heads but were distinct in having large black eyes that were more round mm-hmm. in shape, uh, what he described as like like large buttons. So we got four figures that he sees after he gets the the needle through the back of the skull into his brain for whatever means they're looking for. Demodula oblongata. Mm-hmm. But they're not, but that was only the the prologue until we get to the main event. <laughs> yeah. So before yeah. before they take him back to uh the messy room. Let's take a quick beer break. <laughs> Refill. <laughs> we'll be. You guys couldn't fucking. You guys couldn't clean this place up before you stick a needle in my brain. And give me names. Come on, shit. Like, man. Come on. Play, man. This, this place. Like, you can <laughs> fucking. You can travel across the fucking universe, but you can't clean this shit up. This place even sterile. Come on, man. Hey, no. you know how many Whitley Strebers they had in there before Whitley? You know what I mean? Like it's a red room, baby. <laughs> think about that though. Like, what? What is your like? Think about your priorities. You're about to get needled in the fucking head, and you're looking around, and being like, "Man, this place is fucking messy. This place is a shithole. This place is a messy room." Maybe they're yeah. trying to. Maybe he had a messy house, and they're trying to make him feel at home. Just quick, throw clothes on the ground. He'll he'll think it's better. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll, we'll get back That's to uh, his abduction in a second. Grab a beer. We'll be right back. So now we're back, back to the messy room for round two. (laughs) Damn dirty laundry. Streber remembers being taken back to where these clothes or these garments had been strewn about uh, this this room after being taken to this the uh, the operating theater of some type and either being perhaps like presented or shown off or something like that, and then. Look at this fucking specimen of a man. <laughs> if you see what like. And then they <laughs> escorted him back to the more intimate surroundings of the messy room 
where the stocky figures then proceeded to to his recollection insert a long gray scaly object which seemed to be triangular in shape directly into his rectum oh Oh, tri triangular triangular in shape that is how they spit on it first yeah they at least lube it up there's no they let him him sniff it beforehand It's oh, like man. this. This thing takes a little a dark turn here. It's like all of a sudden, this is not fun anymore for anyone. Well, I mean, you lost me at the needles of the fucking brain, but yeah, that's awful too. Uh, yeah, he remembers this thing. Not really his his initial kind of like reasoning for this. Like he tried to reason out why these things would do this to him, why it would insert this thing, and he he said that it, perhaps it was up there. Like he felt it going in, and he said that it perhaps had something to do with maybe taking a fecal sample like we've theorized before like why do aliens seem to be preoccupied why was with I blessed with such sweet cheeks <laughs> 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 that this was perhaps taking a, a fecal sample or some type of a you know exploring the digestive tract of, for some reason for enlightenment on research or something like that yeah for taking a scientific avenue that I mean yeah collect the fecal matter or what, like what's this Whatever this thing is, what's it eating? Like what we're gonna you just we're, get him to shit in a cup. But like they they can't they can to sodomize the poor they, guy. They, they with they a can, triangle <laughs> object. That's what I mean. The scaly triangle object. Yeah, like guys that, banging him with a grayscale fucking triangle. Honestly, the second you say scale, I go. Well, that means it's either it's either going in easy and coming out hard, or going in hard and coming out easy. Like when you say scaly, I'm like. Well, motherfucker, scales are only smooth if you rub them one way. So <laughs> it's dire- directional. So the very last memory that he has of this—that's not the—that's not the final one. The last memory he has from the original uh, recollection is that he—they put an incision on his finger, and then after that, he woke up. Just a quick little paper cut on the tip of the finger, right. or. And that and that completes his his initial memory that he wrote down prior to doing any of the hypnotic regression later that he would go to. And and I don't know if any of you know this. This just popped in my head. I never even thought of it before when I was looking into this. Is he a diabetic? Not at the time. Or not he at ha- the time? I'm not, I'm not sure. It wasn't what, apparent. I'm not no. sure what his health situation is currently, but I don't think so. Because he's pricking his finger, like what? Yeah, I was just the finger prick. I was like, to me, I was like, are they just taking blood? Like that's what I. And then I I was like, would it make more sense if he was a diabetic, and they were doing it to check his check some sort of levels? Well, even if he they they could have just done that to check his blood sugar anywhere, but they could have also done that from the fucking needle they inserted into his brain. I'd imagine, Mm. or the or the pyramid they shoved up his ass. I imagine. I mean, listen, you're intergalactically traveling. You're fucking. Space aliens with all this science, you should know triangles don't fit up asses. You should understand that. Triangle yeah. into round it. circles. It's not a good work. shape. No, it's not great. Maybe, um, maybe they have triangle asses, and that's just their tool. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they have. <laughs> when size fits all, <laughs> they shit triangles. That's what happens. And there's like, well, uh, I mean, that, that makes sense. That's genius. They're like, there's one out front. Is there anything we can do to stop the screaming? <laughs> It's, don't put a scaly triangle in my ass. So originally, originally after like 
immediately following the experience, he had no real memory of of this happening. He had no memories of of this experience going on. But he did experience in the following months a marked and very drastic change in his general disposition. Like after this, um, you know, after he had finally recalled all this, he he remembers, he recalls feeling very like he started having kind of mood swings, becoming like violated. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. He also said he was having mood swings, uh, kind of shifting in and out of a kind of like morose and almost like pseudo depression, uh, things like this becoming very, uh, quick, uh, tempered with his wife and son, uh, which he remembered and, and, felt regretful of later he was having god damn it woman i told you to put all the triangle shaped shit away i don't <laughs> want to see that anymore he noted having more uh, perhaps uh, more frequent headaches um the finger that he had gotten the incision on or that he remembers getting the incision on he said that it, it started to kind of ache or you know it's it almost seemed infected some type of red redness or swelling in that uh on that finger and then also yeah it was followed by he said he remembers having some type of rectal pain of course it was a triangle yeah. Into a circle. Serpent, yeah, going in there. Like at the start, it's good. Very quickly, it turns bad for you. In his book, (laughs) Strieber says that he never really was interested in the... Hold on, hold on. Hey, Dan, stop. Is it good, Brayden? Uh, Well, I'm just saying at the beginning. Is it good? At the beginning, it's good? Or is it less terrible? Is it good or is it less terrible at the beginning? All right, well, I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth. <laughs> to go, give us right? your give us your exp- your words. Your- yeah, it's here. So my words. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the first bit's not too bad. You're like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> and then you're like, whoa, is this? <laughs> whoa, slow down. Okay, stop. Stop. <laughs> what's the safe word? Yeah. What's the safe word? Pineapples. <laughs> I was just gonna say pineapple. Is that from something? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That's weird that the pop. But, but like, you're like. You're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> like it's like, ter- well, and it also depends on which way these scales are because it could be like immensely terrible from <laughs> one, the, one right, way from the, the get go. Yeah. Right. Oh. And then a quick easy out. Right. Who knows? I'm just saying, I'm just, it's uh, not speaking from experience. Not from, but, uh, no, I've never yeah. sat on any triangles. No, of course not. No. So now in his Not book, that there's anything wrong with that, if that's no, what you're into. Nothing, nothing at all. Streber would go on to say that he, before this, he never was really invested in UFOs or extraterrestrials or any type of that kind of culture. He said that he remembers perhaps getting like a book from his brother-in-law on one Christmas of, of kind of UFO stories of, of that kind or something like that. But uh, before this, he said he had never really kind of been in or begins considered that like he he wrote mostly he didn't write science fiction really he usually wrote like horror stories things like that vampires werewolves that stuff good shit and so he wasn't really in this so he was like i can't i can't be dreaming these things this this stuff that happened to me it's not something that i would just pop into my head randomly i don't i don't have any reason to to have this stuff in my mind but uh at some point <laughs> He remembers uh, this, like trying to figure out what's going on. He, he decides that he needs to get 
in contact with somebody about what's happening to him. Because at first, Strieber says that he felt like he was going insane. Like these things that had happened to him, which felt very real to him, uh, he needed to talk to somebody about this. So therapy was on the table. He was like, I need to talk to, to someone about this. And then him and his wife remember or recalled the name somehow, Bud Hopkins Bud became Hopkins. involved in their case. So Bud Hopkins, if you don't know, is a big name in or had been has been a big name in UFO culture, like a very prominent figure in um, a UFO and abduction uh, support groups and things like he's formed UFO abduction support groups before. And I think he still has them. Uh, he is very invested in the UFO uh, circles. Is he a bigger and bigger name in ufology than Dr. Sprinkles? Maybe uh, mm. now. <laughs> uh, but somehow he remembered that Bud Hopkins was also, this is where some of the stuff gets a little weird for me is that Bud Hopkins was big in the art scene. Cause Bud Hopkins is also like an artist or an art collector of some, t- of some note. And he was big in the art scene in upstate New York. And so when he found Bud Hopkins phone number and dialed him thinking maybe Bud would be able to help him. He found out that Bud Hopkins only lives like a 10 minute walk from where he was living at in upstate New York in their log cabin. Oh man. They're meant to be. (laughs) And so after talking with him, uh, you know, Bud Hopkins taking him at his word being like, you experienced something we need to get you to a regressive, you know, get you into a regressive hypnotizing (laughs) like a regression hypnosis session that was yeah that was the go-to back in this time frame right that was like the thing to say like if if you lost memories regressive hypnosis was like that that was that that catch all that was it that was it let's yeah but if if you don't know you're about to know it was on its way out but it was still the the uh the favored go-to it was definitely the favored right um there like therapy to to recover memories or that's what a lot of people believed Dr. Sprinkles obviously found something better to do, like birthdays or something. (laughs) (laughs) So he didn't want to go to... Schreiber was trying to approach this as um, clinically as possible. So he decided that he wasn't going to go to a... uh, He tried to not go to a doctor that Hopkins knew or that was in the same circles as Hopkins, you know, or attended on a lot of UFO, things like that. He was thinking that might taint or somehow you know contaminate his recollections and so but he still took on bud hopkins recommendation of uh, a dr klein dr donald klein uh who was a psychiatrist in the area and so he would go on to attend sessions uh with donald klein with bud hopkins in the room at the same time (laughs) what yeah, th- that was that was something that kind of got me. I was like, wait, so you're going to go to you're going to go to a hip. You don't want to go to a guy that knows Bud Hopkins, but you're going to take a recommendation from Bud Hopkins and then Bud Hopkins is going to go with you and be in the same room while you're in the regression, a regressive mm-hmm. hypnosis state. OK, all right. <laughs> um. And after they, uh, you know, a couple sessions, I think one or two sessions, they got into it. Uh, Donald Klein regressed him back to that December 26th night. And then more details would fill in about what happened. More sordid details about 
what happened. Perhaps a little bit more traumatizing than the uh, triangular scale thing of the rectum. Huh. Uh, so when you go back into it, if you go into the book and you read the experiences, you have like Whitley Strieber being like, OK, I remember this one figure specifically that seemed to be uh, he felt was female the entire time. The one that we mentioned that he was sitting next to him on the, uh, in the depression. And that one kind of followed him. Um, he remembers sitting next to it when we said he was sitting on the bench. Um, and they were showing him the, the, the needle or they're showing him the needle that was going to be implanted into his brain. Right. He remembers this figure also female being there with him. And then in the regressive hypnosis, in the regressive hypnosis sessions, he was saying that this one was like conversing with him. It was talking to him um, uh, about the, 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 the procedure or something like this. So when they were talking about like, when he started oh. screaming, that was the one that was talking to him. That's what he recalls in those sessions. I got a quick question about, he thinks it's female. He just thought that or did like to have alien boobs or like what, well, like how, that's how what did he, he know? Felt. That's what he said. He felt he just until felt later in the regressive hypnosis. He said, I felt, I got the feeling of a female until he looked down yeah. and then he felt something or saw something. <laughs> oh, so he caught to feel a little alien boob feel there. That's why he got a triangle. Yeah, he just wanted like, to okay, let any, he wanted to let everyone know he's not into any of that funny stuff. <laughs> but he did. He does recall observing or they're, they're definitely lady aliens. Wanna, let's get that. Let's get that clear. That. Let's get that clear. He, well, that one definitely might not have been a female or it was perhaps a hermaphrodite of some point because or, you know, it's an extraterrestrial. So how would you identify the sexual organs of an that extraterrestrial? Is Anyways, that's very true. I don't know. But he looks down there and there seems to be a male organ or what is analogous to a male organ enough for Strieber to identify it because he remembers in the in his recollections in the book, like in the transcripts, he says, oh, it's not, you're not a female. What is that? Oh, it's That's not a not lady. so female. So he remembers remarking on that he felt like it was a female, but it might not have been a female. Unless the, you know, whatever. They're, whatever. they're from a different dimension. They're from a different... <laughs> yeah, who knows? Is this the first time we've heard about alien genitalia? Because isn't it usually just like... It's flat. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Ken I don't think we've there. ever really... They would it's like never fucking... Really yeah, ne it, it never the, comes up. The cases that we went into, yeah, it never comes up. The real details of alien extraterrestrial genitalia. It's never been mentioned, though. Like this no. is the first time where he's like, "Listen, there's something there." Yeah, they got triangle dicks. <laughs> yeah, man, like that's triangle terrifying. Hey, why not? They could what the shape could be anything from a different planet, different solar system, different galaxy, different dimension. We have no idea what. It so could it's kind of. I always like, you know, you think of the greys like the fucking angel in Dogma, you know, when he like whips that shit out and there's nothing there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Just like a, like a, like a, he's flat. He's a cannonball. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like exactly. But like this one cannon. wasn't, this one wasn't. The one that he thought was female was not so female or that's what he got the impression of. of what, what made was him, going on there. So what made him think it was female then? Until he Nothing. saw the like fucking he just hog. got he female that, vibe. The, Klein, I think Klein like addressed that. Like he tried to ask him. He tried to elicit from him like, why did you think it was female in the regression hypnosis? He's like, why do you think it's female? He's like, I don't know. I just get a feeling that it's female. Whether it's the sound of the voice or the the posture it exhibited. exhibited. I mean, it he could be said, neither. I thought it was female. It could yeah. be neither at this point. Like it's it's an alien species. We have no idea. Right. We got no so clue. he doesn't he doesn't no know and then he, well he obviously his his uh you know uh his sentiments were wrong or whatever because he's 
Yeah, it's whatever he felt there was something else. And then this. Oh, he felt it. He felt it, but also he wasn't feeling it because apparently the 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 visitor, this this female that not so female visitor uh, uh, asked him or inquired about the state of his of his dick because they asked him, like, <laughs> you know, what? Yeah. Wired? She, she, they specifically <laughs> asked, like, are, you know, can you get harder? Like, and are, you, then, are you into this? That, oh, so he was that's hard. A specific phrasing so he, he was in the book. So, like, it asked him. Yep. Hold on. Hold on. Can you get hold harder? On. All right. Let's, let's get to the so bottom he, of this. You, hold on. He's, so he is hard. He's, so he's talking hard. half-mast? He's half-mast here? So he's... <laughs> he's masted in some form. Yeah, he's had half-mast, at yeah. least, I'd imagine. So he, he just remembers that... Because it's not, can you get hard? It's can you get harder? Er. Okay. Well, I, okay. So like <laughs> a, like a quote for like the, okay. So it's like she says, uh, like yeah. Uh, this is okay. Hold on. Hold on. Backtrack. So he's naked as laying on a table, looking over this alien, being like, "Oh, it's a lady. Oh, maybe it's not a lady." And then it, it asks him if he's hard. <laughs> Right. So it asked him, like, can you get harder? She asked him, but just kind of out of the booth. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Stop, 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 stop. So he's on the table. He may or may not have copped a feel. Oh, so he copped a feel. That's right. Right? He copped a feel. And then this thing goes, hmm, can you get harder? Can you get harder? Like, he's already a little harder. Can you get... Why is he really half mass? Hold on, hold on. It's the triangle. We gotta do math. We gotta do some math. This guy reaches out and grabs a crotch of an alien. After cop. Is that where cops feel? Because I thought he knew it thought it was a lady because it had boobies. Well, I thought he said it wasn't a lady based on the cop in the field. He was like, whoa. So he saw the yeah. boobies, thought it was a lady, and then he yeah. caught the feel. Then he caught the feel, and then he's like, whoa, something's down there. But he, he reached out to cop the feel, and then the thing goes, can you get it harder? So <laughs> so what it, you're it, saying is some might say both, the best of both worlds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah nope. <laughs> some people might say that. Yeah, some yeah, people yeah. might say hey, this. Hey, 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 whatever floats your boat, man. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Fucking rights. Do your thing. And so he just remembers like trying to tell the 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 visitor like I want to go home like I, I want to go home um, and then it I want to go and it asked him it asked so him kind of jokingly so, it asked him like jokingly so he, he got the he, he got thinks the it's a lady and he's like oh okay cool stick a needle on brain everything's cool I don't give a shit if this room's messy let's have some fun and then he comes to feel downstairs and he's like I want to go home I'm, <laughs> I'm not having fun anymore <laughs> I want to go home my sinuk my sinuk. <laughs> So she said, like, and then the visitor addresses him and says, like, what if we don't let you go home? Excuse me? Pineapple! Pineapple! Holy fuck. But he also gets, he also remembers in, in the, in the regression hypnosis sessions, like he, he recalls having the kind of intuiting that they are kind of fucking with him like that's kind of the, the idea that you get from this because it's like they're kind of like messing with him because at one point they say you are the chosen one and then he's like this is bullshit and they're like no 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 like what in no, the sense that we chosen like, one we're just doing, like we're just messing with you kind of like he, that's how he felt like what they were what, like how they were kind of either playing with him or something like it's it's very strange the the kind of the the way that it goes from like it it 
shifts gears so quick in the recollection of this thing where it goes like these things are messing with him then it's very quickly into a type of kind of sexual situation uh stuff going on here and again out of the blue they kind of ask him like i you know i don't he says i don't know how i got how i ended up here what the hell uh did i do to attract all this and then she asks like uh, if i was hard uh as i could get Hard as you could uh, get. And I didn't, he didn't know what she meant at first. And then he kind of just said, I guess I am. And she goes, can you get harder? <laughs> and he says, Fuck. can I get harder? Oh Lord. Didn't know I was hard like that. No, not with, with all, not with you around. I can't get be harder. And what would you like me to be? She says, so. Oh, she can, oh, she's mystique. She can go to whatever form. That's right. Oh, wow. oh, that's she gave him a taste. Like, hey, you like these ones or those ones? Which what do you one like? do you like? What do you, do you like, like both? Take like whatever. Both? Yeah. Take what you want. Get whatever you want. <laughs> okay, I makes more sense now. And so, yeah, and but she says, he says, I, you know, what would I like you to be? I'd like you to be a dream because he just wants us all to be a dream, and this never happened. That's yeah, fair. all right. The guy's sitting that's on a fair. bench. The guy's yeah, sitting okay. on the bench, rock hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, fully uh, torqued. Guy's fully uh, torqued, being like, oh, I just want to go home. And later on, he can recount. They have real human-like mouths. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Real human like well, hers, hers specifically. I don't think she did. She had some. They're like they're like he he describes them like this. May I don't know if that's specifically the one he was talking to. I think he said something about her having like saggy lips. I think that's Listen, it. you know he what, did though? say like, saggy lips. I can point. see where he's coming from because like after the whole triangle incident, I'd be like, no, nah, I want to go home. It's, it's just got way too weird to send yeah. me home. So wait, so she's asking if he, me down, Scotty. She's asking if he can get harder. Does that mean she's trying to extract? Some sperm from him, like some oh. genetic material. Like, yeah, perhaps, but they can't. They they don't. Not in the that regulation. That doesn't really come up. Yeah, but they've done everything evasively. They've gone up the butt. They've gone into the brain. Why not just go into the fucking nut right. sack like that? Like, yeah. why are they gonna a, suddenly get all? They sexy? need consent, right? <laughs> Apparently, they can not for the sodomize you and yeah. brain fuck you, but they can. They need consent for the rest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, I don't know. So th this would kind of kick off this this entire thing. The the both Whitley's recount initial recount and then the the regression hypnosis things like these would be the big things that a lot of people would fixate on in his book and which would, would become very much um, kind of cemented into UFO lore. And the way that Whitley, when he came out with these details of his experience, uh, he went on TV shows, he went on uh, book tours and things like this, uh, coming out saying these and saying that these things happened to me and making a very public display uh, of coming out and supporting, you know, standing by the things that he said happened to him. And then he became, you know, when the book was published, this became like a, he became a pretty much big figure in the the ufo uh culture at that point and then a lot of people would start coming up to him and being like we you know i had similar experiences or these things you know it wasn't like ufo abductions started with whitley streeper they had already happened that people had already been experiencing them for for decades well you and had betty and barney hill and shit before this right? yeah you had yeah. betty and barney hill and plenty of other ones that that came after that and 
yeah so it, it but his whole thing of like making it, it popularizing it or you know when this came out it just somehow that i you know i just remember this book like from you know i spent my you know when i went to the library first place i would hit was like the paranormal section and then it would yeah, be Whitley Strieber's book communion a true yeah. story would be in there and you pull it out and you look at that creepy i just remember that creepy cover art and, uh, and it's like uh, i probably didn't, i knew it i knew of it i never wanted to read it because it's fucking creepy that thing i don't want that thing staring at me from my bookshelf or something <laughs> um yeah you imagine reading so, that as a child you imagine reading that as a child yeah oh man and so his he would stand by it and i think he stands by it to this day about the opinions but again in his entire book and writing the entire book he doesn't say 100 percent that is extraterrestrials, that these were beings from a different planet or something like Never that. Never fully he just, confirms, but he leads you down that avenue. All right. Well, like, listen, like, to be honest, like, the, like, even in later on, I mean, he he recounts more and more stuff as time goes on. Uh, when was this? In 2009, he recounts back in 1988, um, he wonders what happened to his semen uh, he has a hazy memory of being shown a baby by a visitor who came upon in the basement of his upstate New York cabin. Um, he has no way of knowing if the baby had anything to do with him, but he had a f- strange felt a uh, strange sense of loss ever since 1988, even though he never mentions it till 2009. And he even says he never mentioned it until this article he wrote. Um, pretty and sure that's the year of both you and Zellerborn. Maybe you guys are fucking Britley yeah. Strieber's long lost fucking it's maybe. alien babies. Does, how much money has he got? <laughs> he, Not much. So, I, think but, he, I think he sold a lot of his property. But this is what stuff, he says. He, he calls these things visitors, right? And then he goes, this is also the first time I've ever mentioned this event. Uh, the reason that it tears me to pieces every time I bring that little sleeping face to mind the baby was angelic, radiant, but being held by no human mother. Right. So he, he, okay, he that's like that's the thing. Like he doesn't he doesn't give these people any like geological demographic, right? Like he doesn't say, oh, the, you know, these people are from where. So when you say visitor, obviously you think it's from a different planet. Well, you would think right? like, not necessarily. Think? Where you don't think it's like, oh, these fucking guys are from Mexico. Like, yeah, but maybe be able to describe them if they're from Mexico. But do, maybe it's like <laughs> right? a Doctor Mike Masters thing, where it's 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 us from a future. But are we then? Are we visitors? Yes. No, we're coming from Canada. We're coming from. Schreiber would go on to future. write many books. Like he would go on to write like a couple, like direct sequel to Communion, and then he'd write Real. like two or three more that had to deal with the same subject matter or the you know rehash the same experience over and over again. I think he also popularized the idea of um, or one of the concepts that he had in his book was the screen memories. So screen memories is kind of defined by him as the uh, perhaps some type of like psychic covering that extraterrestrials would put because that they would glaze over abduction experiences with another memory like another type of thing so after Strieber's start or you're trying to just cover up for the fact that you bullshit well, people for a long people time Earth, it's like um it, they do that they mention that in people of earth where it's like it, the, the, the one of the characters like remember well i don't want to spoil it for anybody so i'm not going to whatever but anyways he goes back and he has these specific memories that he starts recalling like after his regression he starts doing regression hypnosis and therapy he starts like he has these vivid memories of owls 
So he starts fixating on these memories of owls and being like, perhaps these are memories because they're so strangely vivid to me. And these that I pick them out so easily in my memory that these are memories implanted to cover over previous abductions during my childhood because he, he I think he goes back uh, after another couple progressive hypnosis hypnosis sessions he back goes back 12. and he says that he remembers recalls experience strange experiences when he was in his youth but even before that like he was swearing that he was in Texas in 1966 at that mass shooting at the fucking university and there he says that, that was a screen memory. And then all of a sudden he recounts it being like, oh, I, yeah, I wasn't there. Like, I don't know why those thoughts got into my head. Well, and understand. also like throughout the years, he would recount seeing different people die. It was two women, then one woman, then a child on a bicycle. Uh, right. We're talking about the Texas Tower shooting in yeah. Austin mm. in August 1st of 1966, 1966 where Whitley yeah. Strieber in his book, he says that, you know, he remembers telling people that he hadn't. He had been there, but it wasn't, he hadn't actually been there. And then he would go on to talk about like, maybe this was a screen memory. And then he would say that, no, it was real. I saw this person get shot. I saw this young boy on a bike die in front of me. And then from, you know, just from like recounts and corroborated stories, like nobody ever saw anybody who was on a bike yeah, get no killed kid. during the shooting. Yeah, no, no kid, kid died. No kid died on a bike. So, um, you know, a lot of people would take this to kind of, to be like, well, this calls his whole credibility as an experience into into question. He started because came with like screen this. memories, right? Or perhaps you know, the, and then the idea of screen memories. I know he specifically cites like owl, like he's seeing like owls are the things that they use in his memory to to screen these uh, these experiences and the memories that he has. Aren't and, screen memories like? Isn't that an actual coping mechanism for like other trauma survivors? Not like of abduction itself, but other people right so it's yeah it's kind of like that but he talks about it like in that specific context for him like in the abduction ones that them using like a specific Cause, thing because so. that's like a that's a like a freud term it's not mm -hmm. screen memories like if you had a traumatic experience you had some type of assault on you when you were young you would screen that with something else to make you kind of cope with it better so it's like a defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Like block out, block out the bad, bullshit. the bad shit, right. and you kind of place it where like, oh, that was this, and you, and then later on in your life, you maybe you you, you go back and you, the screen so, memory fails you, and then you kind of like go back to like a regressive, like a traumatic state. But right. So he says that these, if that was the truth, if those really happened, if those really happened, I would never remember a single Detroit Lions game. <laughs> I wouldn't even be a fan. All this stuff behind you would not be here. All the screen memories would be just, you'd never get rid of them. Be gone. Well, and then and then he goes on to write, I think he had a book, it was, was it called Confirmation? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He writes Confirmation, and, you know, this draws some satire from South Park. They, <laughs> they have a, a episode called Cartman Gets Anal Probed, um, much to Strieber's chagrin. He's not very happy about that. Uh, but in the publishing, like in the buildup to this, he books himself on uh, a late sh Craig Ferguson show, which is a comedy late show. And he's awesome. Yeah. He, the guy's hilarious. He's a comedian. Yeah. And Whitley Strieber becomes wildly offended that uh, a comedian makes a joke asking him about Uranus. Um, it's shortly after this that Strieber, I think, because he's the laughing stock, he he never once used the word rape until this point. After he becomes a little bit of a laughing stock, 
with the book Confirmation. Then he starts saying that, like, oh, is it funny that a male got raped? Is that funny? Is that what's funny is that I was raped? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I... It's tough. It's a tough one for me because he's using like, you know, trigger words. But it's, you know, it's like if you do those exams, if a vet does those exams on a cat, we don't go, you rape my cat. So it's, it's interesting because I'm like, I'm like, well, I find that he may be using those words at this time now just to avoid any further ridicule. Like he's like, this is his shield to shield himself from, you know, the obvious jokes that have been made at his expense. Right. Now that's pretty much the whole story. So the, the, there's like, there's a couple main theories. Number one, he actually did get abducted and people ridicule him because the story is so ridiculous. Number two, it was some type of dream hallucination, something in his mind. And he's seen an opportunity to write books and to profit. Those are like the two main theories. What, what do we think? Are we getting final thoughts here? We're getting final thoughts. Let's get in final thoughts. That's all. That's all the main points, right? I'll, we didn't. I'll, we didn't, I'll we kick didn't. it. I'll kick it. Off, I'll kick it off right. tonight. Go ahead. Sure. So I think. I think he. I think Whitley Strieber is a little bit of a con man, and uh, he manipulative, and he he sees avenues to try to make profit. And this is a story. He he works up himself. <laughs> to for fame and fortune, right? He directly profits off this story and we see, you know, he's been caught in lies. He wasn't, he wasn't there. He didn't see anyone get shot, uh, at the Texas tower shootings. He wasn't there. Fact never happened. He changed his story a whole bunch of times. He flat out lied. I don't believe any of this happened to him. And so now I believe he just, he changes his story you know, and tweaks it and shields himself by using hot button words like uh, I was raped by aliens. One, it's a it's a great headline. I mean, it gets a lot of clicks and I, I just I have a hard time believing this guy. I've listened to a lot of uh, interviews with him um, and it's just conveniently that he gets these memories like in 2009. He had a memory from 1988 and he attributes. He's like, well, I, you know, I. They showed me a baby and I felt lost ever since. And I'm like, well, how did you feel lost ever since when you just remembered this memory? I'm like, it, like none of his <laughs> shit adds up to me. I'm like, it's a classic guy. He's just trying to capitalize. And this was his big meal ticket. Like this story was the one that really made it for him. Andrew? It's me tagging in. Yeah. Tagging in. You got Tag him it. in. Andrew, so go. I'm tagged in. <laughs> All right. So let's start here. Let's, let's get into Mr. Fucking... Streber's credibility. 1986, Streber wrote a fantasy novel named Cat Magic. It was published with a co-author credited to be Jonathan Barry, who was billed as an aerospace <laughs> and industrial consultant and a practicing witch or Wiccan. Dope. Hmm. All right. In 1987, the paperback edition, Streber states that Jonathan Barry is a fictitious and that he is the sole author of Cat Magic. So there you go, right away. The co-author is supposed to be a witch. Backtracks. Why would you lie about that other than to create credibility for your fucking book? Right. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I got a real witch that's helping me write this fucking book. Okay. Then let's go into his recent books. Um, the Secret School, in which he wrote about his recovered memories from childhood of a secret nighttime school out in the woods run by aliens. 
Uh, Streber also recovered memories of the past life in ancient Rome. According to Streber, he had a tutor, or he was a tutor of young Octavian before he became emperor. And thanks to his great tutelage, Streber was personally responsible for the Roman Empire lasting another 400 years. Tutelage? That's a great word. Yeah. He also he also went back in time as a child to comfort Cicero just before he was executed. Okay. Okay. So those are those are part of his regressed memories. Bold All right. Claims. Now also his recent book, uh, The Afterlife Revolution, was in 2017, where he's this book has been co-authored with his wife following her death in 2015. He also has kept on her fucking blog, going that that he that she writes through him. He is the vessel which she she writes this blog through. Okay. So this is something that jumped out to me that was extremely important after doing research. Sorry, I'm fucking drunk, boys. I'm yeah, but I love it. So I'm I love slurring. It. I fucking love I'm fucking it. liquored here. I'm not dredgery drunk, but I'm fucking drunk. So here, you want to know what Mr. Streber did before he started writing books? Do you guys know what he did? Do you know what he did for a living? What's that? He, he worked for several years at an advertising firm in New York City, like rising to the level of vice president. Oh. And that's what he did before he quit to become a fucking author. Okay. Sci-fi author. He's come out and said, I, li I, I don't know why, but I lied about this fucking 1966 Texas shooting incident. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But, you know, but I said I did. I lied. If someone specifically tells you they cannot be trusted... You should not fucking trust it. You should not trust them. Every chance he gets, he smuggles himself in some fucking self-serving way in his stories. He lies about how the aliens are interested in him for his brain, how God is reading over his shoulder as a child, how aliens want him to meditate so his soul will physically survive going on into the infinite. He's a textbook fucking delusional narcissist. Mm -hmm. Literally, he is. He's. It's ridiculous. This has all been fabricated bullshit. I'm sorry. This, this, this guy's a schmuck. I don't buy into it. Those are Andrew's, Andrew's final thoughts. Sometimes, <laughs> hey, yeah. sometimes you get a call as you see it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, just, I can't buy into it. I've been really trying to buy in lately, but this guy's a fucking schmuck. I can't buy into it. And, and Andrew, just to your point, the reason you bring that up, uh, it's funny because Whitley Strieber reviews a lot of YouTube videos and podcasts and stuff. He, he'll put a review in and he'll put a negative review if people speak critically of him. I hope and he does that, it to us. That just goes to your point of that this guy looks up his name at all times and he's like, am I, is, are people talking about me? <laughs> expect a bad review for this one. Yeah. Sounds like a, I hope, like a I hope he reviews us. I hope he does. Be, I want, I'm going to get it fucking put on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Streamer, suck my ass. <laughs> uh, I'll go really quick and then we'll end off with Dan. I 100% agree. Every once in a while in this field of study, UFOlogy, ETs, the phenomenon, you come across something that holds no water. And I think <laughs> I think this guy, he's one of those. There's no corroborating witnesses. There's no other, there's nothing to the story except his word written to a book, sold, I don't know how many copies it sold. It must be millions of this book. Like this, this is probably one of the most successful authors to like to profit from their experience mm -hmm. or or the, oh, the sure. story from the story right, uh, from their abduction experience from the, at least, I think and i think probably and i think there is i think the abduction phenomena 
for many people is like, that is a true thing. Like that's like, they don't go on to profit for it. It ruins their life for whatever reason. Like it's a terrible traumatic experience and that's the end of it for them. And they don't know what happened or why or what the reason, and that's the end of it. And then for some reason, this guy, that was like the beginning of it. And everything since has just led to a bunch of shit, you know, <laughs> it's a bunch of shit. You yeah. got you to call it. Sometimes in this field, you got to call it as you, like as it is. And it's like, eh, this guy, come on. Really? That's what I think. I think it's like, there's this, this it's is one a of the ones. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Ah, it's a fugaze. On. Dan, what do you think? Well, um, reading the entire book, like you go through most of the book, there are the, there's the experience that most people talk about and that that is the one, the one that he, he writes out, he writes out in the beginning of what he recollected before he went to the regression hypnosis and then the stuff that he recovered after the thing. Regression hypnosis has become not the, you know, the, the end all of uh, recovering mm-hmm. memories as we as we've seen we, we now are more it. understanding of kind of like the the mechanics of memory and how it serves us and how it disserves us a lot of times and so it can't be depended on it can't really you can't really say like well progression hypnosis especially when you have the ufo guy who is like a central ufo figure in the same room as you at the same time like while you're having this regression hypnosis if you go through the, some of the transcripts, like you go through some of the questions are a little bit kind of like, well, I would to, to, to Donald, to Dr. Klein's credit, I think he asked a lot of questions, but sometimes like Bud Hopkins will be recorded. Like he'll be quoted as in like kind of throwing in a question that seems kind of leading. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, well, I don't think you should ask that because now the whole kind of calls a lot of stuff into question. Is he just like, are you egging it on? Are you, are you bringing in more stuff that, that doesn't need to be there. So whether with the entire account to me is very disjointed and just kind of stuff kind of comes in and out and they're a bit more like they're conflicting things in the story and bits and pieces that you kind of kind of pull. You, it's easy to pull, a, a, you know, a string and then the whole thing kind of falls apart for me. Like there's a lot of places for them to do that. But the thing about it, like it, trying to explain some of this stuff when he started talking about like after the experience or after he had this, uh, what, whatever it was, he started feeling the mood swings. He started feeling the, uh, he said he started having kind of like a fever of some type. Like he started having like, it, like his body temperature change and things like this. I kind of, it kind of sounded like, I was like, is he having male menopause? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up. Like I looked it up. I was like, it was a real thing. Cause I was like, he's in his like mid thirties at this point having this thing. He's having this. And like, so some of the, you know, I went to the, the like Mayo clinic website and I was looking it up and it's like symptoms, reduce sexual desire and activity, decrease spontaneous erections and erectile div- dysfunction. Two things that could possibly really affect your, your psyche at that point, you know, if he's, you know, he, at this, he's saying he was in a kind of like writing slump at this point, like he was kind of losing his creativity at this point. Other possible symptoms include decreased energy, motivation, confidence, depressed mood, poor concentration. So it's just like low, low testosterone. Yeah. Pretty it's much, low testosterone yeah. essentially. Okay. And so he, he went to get tested because he, you know, he, he at first thought he was getting like a, like a brain tumor or something he says that is one of his first assumptions. He was went in and got a CAT scan on that, but I don't know, you know, it's his medical history. I don't know if they tested for this, like even back then, would it have been something that they tested in, in like the eight, like late eighties or something like that? Would they test for low testosterone? They don't usually do it. So it, it sounds 
like that could have possibly been a contributing factor as to what it could have cemented the exacerbated the entire thing. Like part of me feels like sounds like you're having like low testosterone. (laughs) When I looked it up, I was like, all this kind of slots into place about the the how he was feeling, his entire disposition after the experience. Mixed with some stressful dreams, and then boom. Yeah, like that's it though. Like I don't care how low your test goes, you're not seeing fucking yeah, you go tan colored aliens. No, I'm saying he had the experience, and it just made it worse. Like that kind of like exacerbated it basically. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That possibly that that's what it sounded like to me and when it I mean that checks when out when I read it I mean it's not- <laughs> yeah so I his whole like I said his whole book thing kind of just you pull at one string and the whole thing kind of just falls Un- apart unravels very quickly um, it, I'm sure it felt real to him at the time or I don't least, I don't think he it describes did. in the book he's full of shit <laughs> it's never felt real for him because he's he's making it all up and he doesn't he like how to negative. sell a fucking book. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to sell a book, he and now he book? just he he doesn't like being laughed at. It's on the because defensive. This is his yeah. this is his bread and butter that he still makes money on is talking at conferences and yeah. talking about abductions this, and. This is still a man with talent. Like he's 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 a great writer. He's intelligent. He can put things together eloquently. Like. He has ability to sell this fucking story. He is a storyteller, right? Like this is the perfect person to fabricate a story like this, right? (laughs) Exactly. Like this is his, he's, that's his job is creating stories. Of course he created a fucking good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's how he pays his bills. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people who go through his books, like authors that have gone through his books and said that they're, they're telling pieces in within the words that how he does, like how he writes that, they're like, I would, this is how I would write if I wanted people to believe me. If I wanted people to do, not that I'm writing about an experience, it's that if I want to head people off of the thing, I want to tell people that, you know, about the UFO stuff. Like I would say, I was never interested in UFOs. I don't think you have to tell anybody that. Like you wouldn't have to tell anybody that if you were writing just to recount an experience. Yeah. But he writes that stuff. Like I never wasn't, you know, I never had any interest in the UFO or, beyond a passing interest in the UFO culture. And, and then like, and, like so. and then that brings you back to stuff like the messy room, like the unnecessary detail in this situation. Like you're fucking strapped ass naked to somebody who's about to butt fuck you with a triangle. <laughs> you're not paying attention to a fucking messy room, right? Like that's just, that's unnecessary fucking detail. Like that's somebody that's creating a story. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I don't know. Agreed. Weird. Yeah. yeah it's a, yeah. it's a very popular case, but, Sometimes the popular ones aren't the yeah. good. Aren't the he's go- still aren't a big name. Ones. He's still like he said. He was at Contact in the Desert. Like he still shows up and does talks and things like that. But again, yeah. But Andrew said, like Andrew said, he is a writer. He is intelligent. He is eloquent. Like he can put stuff together, and you can sound like do you believe him. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, it's fun to look into. You know, people have been asking yeah. for a while, and it was a. Uh, Everybody likes anal probes. Likes us oh, talking about animals. Not probes. him. Not as much as Brady. Not, not him. him. I tell you, <laughs> as much as that's one of his Play. things. He's like he says in his, in one of his, a recent article. Uh, Surely his experience is worth more than official denial, media lies, and rectal probe jokes. Is no. it? Is it? Well, that's like half our oh, show. It's not, yeah, it's not something to get in a bad review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, reviews coming. Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about him in after us because I I think he's a fucking absolute slime ball, 
and I'll get into why on After Hours. So, Whitley Strieber, if you want to listen, head to our Patreon, $5 a month. <laughs> then you leave us a bad review after you listen to it, buddy. Yeah, you can't leave reviews on Patreon, so perfect. Oh, fuck. My, one second here. The computer's all fucked up. One second. Oh, no. Not again. This motherfucker. What do we need? You, Dan can sing the song. He can do yeah. it. No, what no, no with Theater of the Week. Uh, oh, what yeah, the, what the, f- what the fuck? Oh, the following announcement has been paid for by alien theorists. These motherfuckers are back again. God damn, they got us again. WWE. Godfather here. And the ATI, man. Alien terrorist Illuminati. Terrorist. There are a bunch of super fans out of Canada. Uh, they <laughs> want to congratulate Braden, Zale, Dan, Andrew, Brian, and even Scotty, that jabroni, on 200 uh, episodes of their podcast. And uh, congratulate Zale on his new baby on the way. Oh, that's, that's now oh, public. Yeah. I want to say howdy to all y'all. Keep smoking. Keep doing those good podcasts. And it's time, once again, for everybody, and I'm going to go ahead and mention them, including Braden, Zale, Dan, Andrew, Brian, and Scotty, the jabroni, to come aboard the Ho Train. I love it. (laughs) 200 podcasts, that's a lot, man. Peace, guys. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's cool. That's fucking dope. That's fucking Gears, awesome. We're my bitches. <laughs> oh, fuck. These guys are at it again. <laughs> I actually great. don't know what there is. There, is there a secret society just around to congratulate us? Damn it. What's their end game? Yeah, what's their end game here? Because they're starting to pump my tires a little. I mean, this guy said my name right. Byron's wrong. They, they, yeah, they get Byron that was a Brian, but that's all right. Uh, they keep, oh, they, yeah, keep awesome. they keep showing out Mr. Conspiracy maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah he got he got well, to suck it. He, he got a jabroni. jabroni. He is a jabroni. Hmm. I mean, I love the Godfather. I know more as common Mustafa. Yeah. Mustafa. Like yeah. Of domination. Yeah, yeah. But Papa Shango before that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Papa Shango. Yeah, Papa Shango. Yeah. I knew he was. Yeah, I was like, wasn't he Papa Shango? He's Papa Shango. I think he's he had some, I, he probably Mustafa. had a, probably one of the best number of like successful, I think successful. like Character runs for sure. Character runs. hundred yeah. percent. Well, what the fuck? What was... Th- oh, God, I can't remember. T- not tough enough. What was the... the When WWF actually had, like, real fighting, like, real boxing. Oh, What the hell yeah, was it yeah. called? I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, Dude, he was a badass, though. Yeah. He was, like, he was knocking dudes out until he fought fucking Bart Gunn. Yeah. Bart Gunn fucking starched him, though. Yeah. That oh, was... God, I remember dude, that. Awesome. What was that called? That's gonna drive me nuts now. Who won that? Bart Gunn. Was Bart, Bart Gunn, Gunn won, won it all? It all? He fought fucking Bradshaw and fucking beat Bradshaw's fucking ass. That's right. And then going into WrestleMania, he had to go up against Butterbean. Yeah. The biggest Butter mistake Bean. in fucking WWF history. Putting a fucking wrestler up against a professional and, yeah, boxer that's right. that he got murders people. Absolutely murdered. I was like 12 years old and I was like, this is a mistake. Mistake. Like, this is this is a I used to play Fight Night and I'd play as Butterbean every time. And I'm like, Butterbean used to fucking kill people, man. It's all that weight. <laughs> See what he did to punches, Johnny man. Knoxville? Yeah, killed yeah. him. Don't fuck with Butterbean. Is Butterbean man. okay? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Butterbean's mm. the man. Yeah, he's fucking dope. Anyways, let's uh why don't we do Theorite of the Week? Theorite of the Week. I think after last case file, this is a fitting theorite of the week. We got to give it out to uh, Uncle Slam on Discord. Oh, yeah. Guy's a beauty. 
for making Secret Agent Dan, mm. uh, Maester Dan, the spy who shagged me. My cover's been and, blown. And Danny English, the three movie collection. <laughs> He's now known as CIA Dan. It's a thing. That's him. Dan, Dan, mm. the CIA man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. make sure to include include those on the weekly roundup. We put them on our socials. It's just fucking good. Just awesome. So Uncle Slam, Theory of the Week on Discord. We appreciate all the support. And we just, before you get into the new Patreons, shout out, the ATI had their own little meat draw. And the winner was Phoenix House. He's on Discord now. So uh, congratulations to him. I'm surprised the ATI even followed through. Again, not us. We had nothing to do with that. Uh, the secret society in our secret society that is Discord. Alien terrorist. Ter- the terrorist. alien terrorist. <laughs> the terrorist. Illuminati. Hey, listen. Wait, wait, we ain't giving out no freebies, man. Yeah. Obviously, it's not us. We're, broke as, we're broke as fuck, man. Yeah. yeah, man. Come on now. So uh, you can thank the ATI for that. And uh, I guess we'll wait and see what else we got. Zell, let's hear those Patreons. All right. If you're not supporting the show, when you want early access, bonus content, we're doing it. Every or every week, a new episode, bonus episode, every single week, live streams, all the other goodies, patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast. I'll find the link in the podcast description. This week, we got Casey Lambinus, Aaron, Alec Helms, Broken Race Car, Phoenix House, and there's always one. Uh, Yerma Wolf. I'll go with that. Christian McGraw. Courtney White. Jesse. Ethan King. A longtime supporter. Lizard Caveman goes up to a $16.66 pledge. The 1666. Can't go wrong. And last but not least, Matt Skoll. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, Keep those eyes on the skies. See you in After Hours. <laughs>